I'm Kyle Rode, and you are listening to the Sea of Red podcast. This episode is brought to you by R.T. Roger Oil Incorporated. To God be the glory. It's uh, very gratifying that uh, we're able to fulfill Dr. Falwell's original vision, which is to play at the very highest level. Guys, I want to tell you, you're representing so many people today. You are living out what people started many years ago. You are walking on their shoulders, their foundation. You make up your mind that you leave this field today with absolutely no regrets that you'll remember. That you left it all out there and you come back in here and I gave it all for Liberty University, my teammates, my coaches. We'll do it together, for we can. For we we can. can do all things. Do all things. Through Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus. He strengthens us. He strengthens us. Each and every day. Each and every day. And may God. And may God. Play with the play! You are listening to the A Sea of Red podcast. My name is Chad Hassan. I believe this is our seventh season of the podcast. When we started the podcast just seven years ago, um, the athletics department at Liberty University looked a lot different. We have a lot of good things to talk about over the last few years and leading up to this season. Excited to be here doing another season and um, joining with aseaofred.com. Co-host John Manson is the founder, creator, owner, all things a sea of red. He's also my good friend, John. We've been doing this for a long time together. It feels like, and uh, what we are about to witness with the 2021-2022 athletic season, specifically basketball and football, feels like we're on the verge of something incredible. We're coming off of a brilliant high last year with the. Um, top 20 finish in the nation for football and basketball, making the tournament, having a good showing against Oklahoma State, baseball doing so well, finishing the top RPI, and then softball and golf. And everybody seems to be doing well these days. A lot of positive things to say. Um, John started a sea of red, I would say, nine years ago uh, or close to that. And he, when he started this thing, we'll, we'll talk to him about it in a minute. But when John started this thing, the athletic department doesn't didn't look like it does now. And uh, so we'll talk to John a little bit about that. Let's see, he started this fan blog back then, and it's uh, turned into the number one source independent um, coverage of the Liberty Flames. And kind of the thing that makes it independent is not affiliated with Liberty, and kind of can say when things aren't going so well and also talk about when things are going great. And, uh, from a true fan's perspective, there's no bigger fan, no more diehard fan. Nobody that, uh, gives more time for the calls of Liberty university athletics outside of Liberty university paid staff than John. So uh, excited to have him on talk about the exciting season we have coming up and kind of just look at this whole thing. He just wrote an article recently that talked about his journey as a fan and, and kind of where we, how fast we've risen. So the, the logo, the motto was rise with us. There's no joking around about that. That we, the athletics department has definitely risen. And uh, we will talk a lot about that along with, um, in, in this episode, we have Mike Hagan, director of the flames club and the director of athletics, Ian McCall. We'll talk to both of those guys about rise with us, what it means as a campaign, how can fans participate? What can fans do? 
to do their part to rise with the programs and the product on the field. So without further ado, John, how you doing, buddy? Doing great, Chad. Thanks for uh, putting this all together and leading the charge on our podcast. Hard to believe it's been seven seasons, if that's correct. I know you're not a math guy, but um, it, it, we, we've come a long way. I, I can remember one of your first uh, interview guests was uh, Buckshot Calvert, his uh, first season on campus, and uh, we were hype about that. And obviously we're hype about Malik Willis and the potential he has and the potential this team has. And it's been, uh, you're right. It's coming up nine years uh, in September this month that, uh, I started what was flames nation, libertyflamesnation.com originally, and never really dreamed that it would get to where it is today, but it's been a lot of fun, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. And a lot of people like yourself that have helped, chip in and help get us to where we're at. And of course we couldn't do it without Liberty university having some success, which they've had a lot of that the past few years under uh, Ian's leadership and obviously coach McKay in men's basketball and Hugh freeze here the last few seasons in football, looking forward to see uh, what's to come. What's on the horizon. Like you mentioned last year was, was an epic season, a lot of highs, not so many lows, just about every team on campus had their best year ever, and I'm looking forward to uh, those teams taking to another level this year. So before we move into the football team, John, I, I wanted to talk to you about the website just for a minute, <clears throat> seeofred.com. It's got all kinds of articles, and you have all kinds of access to Liberty. Um, and like I said earlier, you don't always have to say the positive things because it is an independent. You can cover if there's negative news out there. It's not fun. We don't like that. We're both diehard fans of the university and the athletics department. But as part of being a, a site like you have, um, I guess my question is, what is your relationship with Liberty like in terms of, you know, there's some athletic departments that are very protected and closed off and don't really give that kind of access. There are some that work really well with it and kind of see the value of having, having a fan site like this. Give us a, I mean, obviously Ian comes on the podcast a ton, so kind of got your answer there, but is that how you found the whole athletics department to be coaches and everyone, or are they kind of behind a sea of red or do you, do you have trouble with getting access or stories or how does that all work? I, I guess I've seen both sides of it and I just wanted to know from your perspective, um, what has the university done in, in, in terms of advancing a sea of red and helping you? Man, we could uh, spend a whole hour talking about that. It's an interesting question, interesting topic, uh, and a lot of interesting stories, too. But, uh, you know, the case is can be said and can be made of just about anybody, uh, any company, any organization. They take the shape, uh, the mode, the the mood, if you will, of their leader. Um, and, and that's certainly true with Liberty Athletics, specifically when you're talking about the athletic department. And uh, Ian McCall, as you kind of alluded to, has been more than gracious with myself uh, in a sea of red. He, he is a, um, you know, in my opinion, a staunch supporter of us. He he likes the coverage. He wants more coverage of the Flames. The more people are talking about Liberty Flames, the, the Liberty Flames, 
all the teams, the players, the coaches, the better. Um, you know, that's what former uh, the founder, you know, the late Jerry Sr., Jerry Falwell Sr. used to always said, you know, you've got to be in the news. Whether, you know, if you're not being talked about, that's not good. Whether it's negative or positive, you need to be in the news, right? And, um, you know, so I think Ian kind of takes that same type of philosophy. He's been great uh, to us and, uh, you know, given us, you know, I, I hate to say unlimited access because that's not true, especially with COVID. Uh, everything's been at a distance and virtual for the most part, but they've certainly been more than accommodating. Um, and, and that trickles down to, to the coaching, coaching staffs. Um, every coach I've ever interacted with at Liberty has been wonderful to interact with. Coach Freeze is amazing. McKay, you know, I, same. I mean, I can't say anything negative about Coach McKay or Coach Freeze and, and their level of access and involvement that they've had with a sea of red. Um, same thing for the other coaches. I mean, we obviously cover football, men's basketball more than any others. But Scott Jackson and his staff, Coach Richardson, softball, uh, Coach Green, I could go on and on about every uh, sport. And, you know, Todd Wetmore, the, um, the head of the Liberty Athletics uh, Communications Group, um, he's our main liaison for access as well as the rest of his staff. And, and they've been wonderful. Um, you know, he, Todd, you know, he's been there all along since day one. I can remember emailing him back in 2012 when this thing was just getting started and asking about getting access for interviews and, and credentials. And, um, and he didn't know me from Adam at that point in time. And obviously didn't know what my intentions were behind the website. Uh, at the time, but, uh, you know, he put his trust in, in me and us at the time. And I don't know why. I mean, he's, he's a huge Liberty fan himself. I mean, he, he could tell you lots of stories he's been around a long time. Uh, it's great to talk to him and, and hear some of his stories, but, uh, he, it started with him. He gave us, uh, access back then and, and we were credentialed pretty early on in the game and, and that was huge for us. And, you know, but yeah, overall, to answer your question, yeah, the athletic department's been great. And, uh, you know, Ian McCall's been been wonderful. And like I said, every organization takes the their cues, their direction from their leader, and, and it's no different with Liberty Athletics. Very cool, man. Yeah, it, it makes it easier. It definitely makes it easier whenever you're – whenever the, the leader of that group is wanting the coverage, is wanting the – the stories and the articles and the news and and they want Ian I'm guessing I never really ask him this but I'm guessing he loves whenever um whenever a sea of red you know gets something going on Twitter and there's a big discussion about even if it's a even if it's questioning something or questioning a move that they made or a call or seating capacity or whatever it is people getting on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or whatever it is talking about the flames on the message boards. Uh, that is good news for them. So very cool stuff, John. Really appreciate you uh, doing all that. I know, you, I know personally you give a ton of time. So as a, as a, um, we're not really coworkers, but as a co-fan, somebody who loves Liberty and loves the athletics, man, you know how much better my experience is because I can click on a sea of red and read all these articles and, get all this stuff it would just uh it's, it's kind of hard to think about 
that not existing. So thank you for that. We will um, kind of, along with all that discussion, John, I wanted to say you did a great job on the article with the football and gearing up for the 2021 season. Uh, the part that caught me the most was when you talked about how Liberty Athletics hasn't always been that way. And you talked about a couple of seasons where we were missing the playoffs in the FCS. I mean, Liberty calls themselves, I've seen it printed a few times, the fastest growing D1 athletics department in the country. I've kind of taken them to task on that, meaning I went and fact-checked per se and went back and looked at every single, I did, I did non-P5 because, I mean, P5s really aren't growing really fast. They've, they've already reached some type of success, so there's not much growth to, to happen there. Um, you know, outside of the P5, I was looking at, okay, how are, how are these group of five schools? And there's only a couple that, that are really, that are really on even close in terms of growth. You got UCF, what they've done in football the last five to 10 years, their basketball team um, has had some success recently. Um, So you look at those two major sports first, and then kind of look at the overall athletics department. Um, there's a case to be made that Liberty is the fastest growing. Um, but I guess my, the intent of saying all that is I want to get your opinion on just how far we've come. I mean, that's, that's the, that's the, the old saying is look, look how far, look just how far we've come. Can you just put into your words what that means? Look how far we've come. Yeah. I mean, you, you and I, we have both very similar, you know, backgrounds as far as childhood and, and all that sort of thing. We're huge sports fans, first and foremost, right? I mean, you know, neither one of us were born into a Liberty family or as Liberty fans, uh, which obviously is changing with our kids, right? Um, but, you know, I grew up, and we've talked about this before, a Virginia fan. And, and uh, you know, my dad was a huge sports fan, huge Virginia fan. And, and that's what I I was when I was in kid in school as a kid. And, um, you know, so then going to, to Liberty and, you know, I've talked about that before, how it all has all changed, but um, yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, it, it's completely changed over the past decade. I mean, I, you know, I, I touched on it a little bit in that article and, you know, I, you know, could go much more in depth on that too. That wasn't really, necessarily the, the full intent of, of that. that 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 article just kind of hit me on a Sunday afternoon and I started you know that sometimes that's when I have my if you want to call it best thoughts or when it just kind of hits me out of the blue and that's what happened with that and I just like I need to sit down and write this write this out but um yeah I mean 15 years ago tonight we're taping Tuesday night uh this game week leading to Campbell 15 years ago tonight was the first football game under Danny Rocco. And it's hard to believe it's been that long because it doesn't seem like it was that long ago, but that was 2006. And that was really what I would consider, you know, I think most would, that ushered in the beginning of modern era of Liberty football since Danny Rocco was the head coach. And the the program grew so much. The year before that, we were 1-10. in in FCS, one of the worst teams in FCS. Uh, Williams Stadium was a shell of what it is today. Um, the FOC was a shell of what it is today. Um, you know, the, the, the fan base was a shell of what it is today. Um, 
you know, obviously there was no a C or red back then, but, you know, and, and over those next five or six years when Coach Rocco was leading the way, the program, fo- we're talking football specifically, grew a ton. I mean, we went from being a laughing stock in the FCS to being, you know, where we thought we should have been in the playoffs a couple of times. And, and, you know, we lost games that we probably should have won and games that would have gotten us into the playoffs during that time. But we were knocking on the door each and every year and getting left out. So that, that's a huge growth in, in a short period of time there that he did just turn the program around so quickly. And then Coach Gill comes in and kind of takes it to the next level and gets us into the playoffs, gets us over that hump. And, you know, we, we go and had that great run in 2014, beating Coastal to get into the playoffs, beating JMU and, you know, going up to Villanova and, and taking them down to, to the last minute. So that was a lot of fun and a great run and uh, took the program to another level. And then, you know, Ian comes in and, and helps get, get us into the FBS, which obviously that takes you to a whole nother level. And, you know, then Hugh Freeze comes in and, you know, we know what happened last year, top 25 and uh, wins over Virginia Tech and Syracuse and two bowl wins. I mean, we, you can go back two years ago and we're sitting here thinking, will we be bowl eligible? How many we're trying to count how many wins we could get can we win this game to get to six wins? And, and now we're sitting here talking about, can we be 12 and 0 and beat Ole Miss and Syracuse? I mean, we assume like a lot of us do fans assume the Syracuse games a, a guaranteed win, which that's just crazy. You know, if you just go back a year ago, um, but, but that's how fast this program has grown. And, and, you know, I, in my time as, you know, I'm hate to say it and, say how old I am, but I'm approaching 40 years old and in my 35 to plus years of, of life. And as a sports fan, as I was mentioning, how I grew up just a general sports fan. I've never witnessed a division one program grow this much in the past decade, the past five years, past three years. I mean, you're talking about going from men's basketball, you know, ranked 350th in the country to Five years later, we're talking about being a – we're mad that we're not ranked in the top 50 of Ken Palm or top 100 or, or whatever. And we're talking about winning three straight championships. And if we don't win a fourth, you know, people are going to be all up in arms. Uh, football going to be the – going from being the worst FCS program in the country, winning one game, which was, was against a Division II team, which we probably should have lost that one, to going 10-1, and one, coming within one point of – being undefeated with three ACC wins and, and a top 25 win and being ranked probably top 15 in the entire FBS. I mean, like no team has ever done that. No athletic program has ever done that. I mean, it's just, I mean, we're talking about five to 10 years here. Um, I mean, there, there's, there's no, I, I don't know. I mean, back when, you know, a hundred years ago, when, Division one was first coming to be, you know, 100 to 150 years ago and the modern era of college athletics was coming to be. I'm sure there was programs that made huge leaps and huge strides, but not in the last 30 to 40 years. It's never happened this fast. I mean, you know, I'd have to talk to my dad about if anybody else in his lifetime has ever done anything like this. It's it's truly remarkable the growth the program has made. You can't really put it into words. Yeah. And, you know, one of my favorite things about being a fan is that, 
you know, it kind of feels like for for those new folks that are that are Liberty fans, uh, it's kind of hard to put into words that growth. I mean, unless I mean, we can tell you about it and you can you can read about it and you can hear about it. But unless you were experienced, you know, the visiting team running out of that what then was the men's soccer locker room from up there at the soccer stadium and running down that hill. I mean, that was the visiting team and they didn't have a locker room. They were running out of running out of that from now. I believe they're coming out of the, uh, the indoor practice facility. They got a huge room over there. And, you know, I guess I went to a, a, a Karcher coached game, my first Liberty football experience. There were less than a hundred people in the, in the entire Williams stadium. Less than a hundred. All of those were players, families. It was ninety plus degrees. We were getting blown out. And I didn't show up until about the second or third quarter. So some people might have left. There were less than a hundred people there. And until you've experienced some of that, it kind of makes all this more rewarding, I guess is what I'm getting at. Not that new Liberty fans or people who didn't experience that can't have the same level of joy and passion I do following Liberty. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just just saying to me, in my experience, it makes it much more rewarding. And, um, you know, it was, I'm glad to have gone through those years and, and how quickly we got on the other side of that. It feels like, feels like we we're on the other side. It feels like there's no turning back. I mean, it feels like that we have the facilities and the infrastructure and, and the, the reputation. And, you know, it feels like that if one of, one of these things moves on in terms of people or um, something, you know, happens it feels like that we've we've already kind of crossed a level that we're not going back to out of the top 50 in college football maybe top 75 we'll we'll always be in that discussion going forward and that's really exciting i i hope um i hope that i'm right about that all right everybody we are we have with us the athletics director for Liberty Athletics, a good friend of the podcast, and uh, our first guest of, I believe this is the seventh or eighth season of the A Sea of Red podcast, Ian McCall. Ian, thanks so much for taking the time to join us. We have a lot to get to, so much uh, so much is going on in the athletics department at Liberty, but uh, thanks for taking some time to speak with us this morning. Yeah, thanks, Chad. Exciting time of year as we, uh, we get 2021-22 uh, underway. So um, I'll just jump right in. Has anything picked up regarding joining a conference? I know this summer you had said there was some interest. Have we reached out to anyone? Is anyone still reaching out to us? What is the what is the latest on basically just where do we stand with another conference and possibly joining conferences? And uh, can you just talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So obviously there's been some movement this summer with uh, Texas and Oklahoma announcing that they're going to join the the SEC. No later than 2025, and uh, that really puts the the Big 12 on the clock. They need to react in some form because they'd be down to, to eight members once that happens. So um, it's certainly possible that uh, there could be some uh, movement as a result of uh, Big 12 expansion, and we're engaged in those conversations and kind of waiting to see how things uh, things move forward. But obviously, again, we're you know, we've been pleased with. Uh, with independent football, it served us well, and uh, the ASUN served us well. So uh, we're in a good position. But at the same time, if there's an opportunity to, uh, to better position Liberty Athletics for the future, we're going to certainly explore that. So you mentioned Texas and Oklahoma leaving. Um, 
was that a concern ever when you were in the Big 12, your time there? Were there rumblings? You know, that's a pretty huge move for that conference. So it had to be something that was on the AD's minds and the president's minds um, back in those days. Was it a concern back then? And then you had also mentioned major realignment in 2025. You've kind of said that since your first days here at Liberty. Is this the domino that you were anticipating? Is this the thing that you thought might move that? Or were there other TV deals and things that um, led you to believe there would be major realignment around 2025? Well, yeah, we, we were always concerned about Texas uh, when I was in the Big 12. And, uh, you know, that's that's a school that that has options. And uh, obviously, they decided SEC is where they, they prefer to be. So, um it, it did. This did happen earlier than expected. I, I did think it was going to be closer to 2025 when they made this move. But um, you know, the fact that it's happened, I think now um, again the realignment has been triggered. And uh, when the next moves come, could be six months or a year or two years. But um, you know, the key for us is obviously just to uh, continue to position ourselves well and uh, put ourselves in the best position possible to. Uh, to explore future opportunities. So regarding the game on Saturday, um, I, I know that it's already kind of been posted a couple of different places, but I want to ask you and just hear, hear it straight from you and kind of get the word out there is, is it going to be full capacity? Um, you know, we had the shutdown on campus and will that affect the student section? And uh, do you expect to see a large crowd on Saturday? Yeah, thanks, Chad. You know, we will be at full capacity and we look forward to uh um, a really good crowd and a dynamic student section. So this is the first game for many of our students in, in two years because we were restricted so much uh, last year. And uh, so we expect it to be a, a really good crowd. Coach Freeze asked for the students to come out in, in full force. They uh, have such a huge impact on the, the game day atmosphere and, and uh, really impact uh, the game itself in terms of uh, uh, the energy that they bring. So uh, we're looking forward to uh, to a really good crowd and exciting atmosphere on Saturday night. Yeah, I plan to be there with my family. Really looking forward to it. I was thinking, I was telling John the other day, this is the first of live football game that I have seen since the Cure Bowl, the first Cure Bowl. Um, mm. So it's it's a lot of pent up demand, I'm sure, and energy for fans to get back out there and see the see the game. Um, recruiting budget, by the way, and these questions have come from other fans and uh they want they had some things they wanted to ask you so i'm just here uh, mediating and kind of asking you their questions uh but they're they're good ones so i wanted to um they want to know about the recruiting budget across all sports especially football um, in comparison to p5 so specifically the recruiting budget is that a number that we plan to increase on an annual basis and where does that recruiting budget specifically in football place us is it at the p5 level or are we top of G5 or the group of five, or are we somewhere in that area? Um, what does that look like? Yeah, we, we've certainly increased that. And, and, you know, we prioritize recruiting resources for all of our programs because we want to put them in a position to uh, uh, recruit the best prospective student athletes possible that, that fit Liberty's mission. So each of our programs uh, has the resources it needs to uh, recruit at the uh, uh, at the highest level and, and really, uh, again, attract uh, top prospective student athletes to Liberty. Another question um, that was kind of submitted is about LFSN, uh, Liberty Flame Sports Network. So it, it appeared that last year, you know, ESPN had had to have games and they wanted to 
send out as little media crews or, or TV crews as they could. And we already had this established, really well-produced thing in LFSN. So the question is, um, is LFSN, ha have you seen that benefit us in our attempts to maximize it, any of these media deals that we're getting, specifically the one with ESPN that we just we just announced maybe a month ago. Yeah, the the you know the ESPN football agreement does include the right for us to air the uh, Flame Central broadcast um, on on the ESPN platform. So you know that that's a great opportunity for exposure for uh, Liberty. And and again, we uh, we do produce uh, tremendous content um, as part of our uh, ESPN agreement with the ASUN as well. So uh, again, our uh, our broadcast uh, capabilities are. Uh, are uh, as good as any in the country and uh, we take full advantage of that. So <clears throat> here are two, two other questions centered around our fan base. And uh, these come from the fans. If you could tell Liberty fan base three ways they could best contribute to the rise of Liberty athletics, what would those three things be? If, if you could tell us three things to help us contribute to the rise of Liberty athletics. I have no trouble naming those. It would be, uh, <laughs> it would be by season tickets join the flames club and encourage others to do the same. So th those were the three things that uh, our fans can do. Um, and again, you mentioned uh, the conference situation uh, earlier, you know, prospective conferences certainly take notice of um, athletic success, which we're enjoying right now, but they also evaluate that the fan base, the, uh, uh, the donor support and uh, you know, just the, the overall uh, scope of, uh, of support for uh, the athletic program. So, uh, there are a lot of things that our, our fans uh, can do to, to really help our program. Yeah, I, I kind of figured that you were going to jump jump at that one, and, and you had those in mind right away. This one's a little bit. Uh, this one's just dives into that same question, but a little bit deeper here. What what is the state of the union of the fan base? Is how it's put. We know where most of our athletic programs stand, and you know the future is really bright for most of our athletic programs um, right now. Is the fan base ahead of or in lockstep with or behind the production we're seeing on the field slash court? Is there a glaring area you would like to see the fan base take big steps moving forward? Um, I guess the, the idea behind this question is really um, you guys are rising. Are we rising with you, basically, is, is the kind of the, the tone behind the question, I think. Yeah, Chad, I'd have to say the answer to that is yes. I mean, we, we we're at a record number of football season ticket sales and, and still climbing. Uh, we're at a record number of uh, Flames Club members and, and donations and uh, just having a tremendous year there. So I think the trajectory of success uh, with the athletic programs is uh, on, on the same plane as the uh, the trajectory of growth of our fan base. So that that's really encouraging. Uh, at the same time, we still have a long way to go athletically. We still have a long way to go in terms of building our fan base. And, uh, you know, and you also throw the wrinkle in of kind of this COVID era, era, which makes things a little more difficult to measure since we were so restricted last year. But uh, I'm really encouraged by the, the progress we're making uh, in all areas. And uh, I think our fans should be as well. So um, what has the top 25 football finish last year, you know, in the AP and, and coaches polls and things, we were right there around in the top 25. I know one of them had us at 17 to finish the year. Um, what has that done for Liberty's national brand? I, I can give personal stories of talking with folks at work and they live in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I mentioned that I went to Liberty and they say, oh yeah, 
Hugh Freeze has that program rolling, or you guys really gave us a good game last year in the in the NCAA tournament. I mean, we're for me personally, and I know other fans are experiencing this. Liberty's national brand uh, on the in the sports and athletics arena has really picked up tremendously. Um, is that something you guys are seeing internally as well? With I know you've mentioned with with the fan base growing, but just what about national outlets like ESPN or um, you know just in general, the sports community with other ADs and presidents, is is our brand growing the same way it is with fans? At, no at doubt about it. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and people are recognizing the success of, uh, of Liberty, and, and uh, that's definitely being noticed in the college athletics community. And as you said, the, the Liberty athletics brand has never been uh, stronger than it is right now. So that's tremendous. It helps us in uh, football recruiting. It helps us in recruiting in other sports uh, uh, dramatically. It's great in terms of admissions and development and school spirit. So there's a lot of benefits that come from a strong athletics brand, and we're certainly enjoying that right now. So coming this Saturday, what can fans expect different on uh, game day this year? If all goes as planned and you know we don't have any shutdowns or anything, what can we expect different? Is there any, any new game day experiences? Um, I was kind of reading through my material and, and saw that we're still going to have the Fan Fest. Uh, still got some other cool things planned. Is there anything different um, this year? Obviously, I think if I remember right, the club section was uh, being renovated maybe two years ago. So that'll be ready. Um, anything else that we might have? Yes. I think the biggest thing, Chad, is we're actually just hoping to return to kind of the normal pageantry that we're accustomed to back in 2019 with all the, the game day experience. So a lot of it's going to be returned to normal. Um, but um, yeah, there are going to be some differences. There's uh, now an app where you can purchase uh, concessions and then just go and pick up your order when it's ready. Uh, mobile ticketing is a, a big change that we've implemented that uh, people will notice. And uh, um, and then we have something called Park Hub, which is an app that enables you to help find uh, available parking spots close to this, the stadium. So, um, yeah, there's there's uh, definitely some more technology that we've added. And as you mentioned, we did renovate the tower. So the uh, the club lounge on the third floor has been renovated. The suites on the fourth floor have been renovated. And the uh, 71 uh, club, we now call the 71 suite, has been uh, expanded and renovated as well. So those will be great places for us to uh, to host um, donors and uh, and guests. Uh, yeah, you make a good point. The difference is going to be getting back to normal. That's a it's a good point. It's been so long uh, since we've had that normal game day experience that that might be the difference. So um, these are a little bit more about you. I got two questions here. One is. Outside of athletics, what job best correlates to your job duties as an AD at LU specifically? So is it, which one, which one, if you were building a resume, which one of these is most closely aligns with what you do at Liberty? Is it chief financial officer? Is it director of capital projects? Or is it a politician? Or is it VP of HR for a large corporation? So I'm just trying to get a sense of what are your daily tasks? What are you most involved with? And uh, which of those jobs kind of best describes what you do at Liberty? Yeah, Chad, it would be maybe a piece of, of each of them, but, but uh, probably the best description would be the be a CEO of a small business within the context of higher education. That that's the best uh, uh, really explanation of of, uh, of of what it's like to uh, to lead an athletic program. We have about two hundred employees, and and. Uh, you know, budget between 40 and $50 million. And so there's uh, it's, it's very much like running a, a small business 
within the context of higher education. Okay. So a little, a little piece of anything. Is there anything that I may have missed? Um, I was wondering, I'm wondering if I should throw lawyer in there or what are some <laughs> other, did, did I miss anything or is that pretty much cover a large portion of what you Yeah, did? that covers a lot of it. Um, you know, again, the, the thing I think that's really important for, for fans to know is that we've got, we have a great team here. Again, we have a, a very strong uh, senior staff that has expertise in, in, uh, uh, a lot of areas more so than I do. I mean, we have, uh, whether it's compliance or development or marketing, it's a great team of people that, that work together and uh, I'm just a small part of it. So what is your favorite part of your job? What is, <clears throat> obviously you have the ability to impact a lot of people. You work with a lot of great people. What is your favorite? I should have said, what is your favorite task? But I'll, I'll let you answer any way you want. What is your favorite part of your job? Yeah, I really like to, to serve our student athletes and coaches that that's really the most rewarding part of the job and and uh one of the other things we do is uh we really emphasize uh, uh professional development opportunities for our staff and so we uh we typically have a speaker come in uh once a month during the, the uh, regular academic year and uh providing those kind of uh professional development opportunities for our staff to help them grow and learn is something that's uh, really rewarding as well so last one here, as we honor the life of uh, great Bobby Bowden and, and started this college football season, I was wondering if you, you had mentioned that you, you knew Bobby pretty well. Do you have a Bobby Bowden story that you can share with us that maybe um, that is kind of a personal story from, from you that we can all kind of listen and hear to kind of honor and remember his life? Yeah, I, I got to, to spend time with him on several occasions. We, we hired uh, his son, Tommy Bowden, to be our head coach when I was at Tulane. And I got to know him through there and also his uh, very close friends with Grant Taft from the American Football Coaches Association is one of my mentors. So I, I was around him uh, several times. He's just one of those uh, larger than life personalities that just makes everybody in the room feel in, uh, important and, and special. And uh, along with that, he just has a great sense of humor and uh, really a zest for life. So it's really just uh, one of those really uh, special, uplifting people to be around. And uh, you always walked out of the room feeling better than you did when you walked into the room uh, after being around Coach Bowden. Awesome stuff, Ian. Really appreciate it. Uh, thank you for taking the time. I can't, I just can't, uh, I'm, I'm sure you guys are feeling it, but we can't really put into words how excited I think the athletics, the, the Flames Nation, Flames fans, I can't, they're very excited, pent up and kind of ready to go on Saturday and, and already started off with some success this year in the athletics department. So uh, very well done. Really appreciative of all you and your staff do for, for our alumni, our alma mater and our favorite athletics department. So uh, thank you very much, Ian. We'll look forward to talking to you down the road. Thanks, Chad. Thanks for having me. This KR22 Hoops update is brought to you by R.T. Rogers Oil Incorporated. Established as an SO agent in 1971 and currently owned and operated by a proud Liberty alumni and athletic supporter, Greg Rogers. R.T. Rogers Oil Incorporated has expanded to distribute energy products in six states. RTR keeps thousands of commercial and industrial customers on the move every day. Regardless of your fueling needs or location, we bring quality fuel, exceptional service, and leading expertise right to you. This is Kyle Rhodes with your weekly hoops update. Flames Nation, it is so good to be back in the bird for the 21-22 school year. Uh, this summer was awesome. 
actually got married. Uh, so I've been in Lynchburg with my wife all summer with the guys. Uh, we got a foreign trip as well this summer to Puerto Rico. Uh, so that was great just to get uh, more on court time with the guys. We got to play three games in Puerto Rico. I uh, had some great team bonding experiences there as well. Um, so really got to work hard, uh, build great relationships, even with um, the freshmen, the staff, and every everybody involved uh, a little more uh, than normal. So that was great. Uh, now we're all moved in and uh, locked in for this school year. It's going to be a great one. And I know you guys are going to love to watch us play. Uh, but first, we got the, the football game Saturday. So uh, make sure to stay safe and make sure to show out for the guys. Uh, I know they've been working hard all preseason and are, are going to do big things and represent Liberty well. So make sure you go to the football game this Saturday. And uh, this is your Kyle Road Weekly Hoops Update. All right, guys, we have a longtime flame, good friend of the podcast. He's been on with us maybe once or twice before. Um, he did pretty well in the Liberty Bracket Challenge thing we did last winter. I think he had some fun with that. And um, I guess new in his role, we'll ask him here in a second, but we have him joining with us, Mike Hagan. Mike, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, yeah, how long have you been? I guess is your title director of Flames Club, and uh, how long have you been in that role? Yeah, Chad, uh, very glad to be here and with uh, some of our most loyal uh, Flames Nation fans. Uh, it is going on, I think, 19 months. Uh, I got the job the Thursday before our men won the uh, 2020 ASUN Men's Basketball Championship, and uh, seven days later is when the NCAA canceled everything. So, uh, I guess however long we've been in COVID add on, uh, like six days and that's how long I've been here. Wow. Wow. I think I remember that. I remember coming down and saying, uh, hello and congratulations, the a sun game. So that's a good, a good mark in my mind now uh, in history as to when you got your job. Um, first of all, I want to say I love the mailers. I sit there and I, it takes me 15 minutes after the kids go to bed. I just sit in the room by myself open up the flames club mail. I love getting that. You guys are doing an awesome job with that. Um, so thank you for that. But the questions I have for you tonight, they actually come from a group of fans that are pretty passionate group of followers of flames nation. And, uh, they are engaging with us on Twitter. A lot of times they, they are engaging with the sea of red, um, quite frequently, big LU supporters and passionate fans. And they had some questions. So I thought that we could just go through their questions um, about the Flames Club. And, you know, a lot of us are younger, too. We haven't really been involved in booster clubs. Liberty's booster club really is relatively new, especially with you being in your new role. Um, it's not a new thing, but it's a new concept to a lot of us. So I wanted to pick your brain, kind of just see where we where we were, what is a booster club, that kind of thing, and how how you come up with your benefits packages. So that's kind of what the questions are centered around. Um, wanted to wanted to say that up front is just um, one. I think you're doing a great job, but two, we just had some questions because we don't understand, and we want to kind of help better understand so that we can impact. Um, I will sure. tell you, I spoke. I will tell you, I spoke with Ian earlier today, and I asked him what the best the best thing that fans could do to support and rise with the Liberty Athletics programs, and he said. Uh, 
Flames Club member, buy season tickets, and tell your friends to do the same. So that's all right up your alley. So exactly. um, with, with that, we need to understand a little bit about the Flames Club. So first question I have for you is, does the benefits packages that you guys have put together or kind of that we have as a Flames Club and the donation levels, so $60 gets you this, $300 gets you that, $1,200 gets you that. Does that match our peers? I don't know. We don't have too many peers that are growing as fast as we are right now. But if you had to look around at other group of fives or even low level P fives, do, do those benefits and donation levels, are, are they based upon something you've seen from other programs? Or is that something you guys kind of put together just specifically catered towards our Liberty community? Yeah, thanks, Chad. And, and happy to answer uh, all of these questions. So it, one, it's uh, Ian is exactly right. I think uh, the way that we can grow the best is engaging and growing our fans, uh, which if we do that well, they will in turn support our student athletes. And from that, we'll engage more and, and grow even more. So it's a, uh, it, it's a great position to be in. Um, on your specific question about the levels. So we're, we're probably very comparable to a number of our peers. Um, almost every group of five institution and really every FBS institution has some beginning level between 50 and $150. Uh, some are on, on the low end and they have a $50 membership. Uh, others on the, the 150 end, uh, we have some where it's, I see you join at uh, $50 and the only thing you get is a decal to stick on your car and an, an email on occasion uh, that doesn't give you any access for tickets or for parking, or you don't get a, a thank you gift in the mail. Um, but, you know, <clears throat> within that, most schools have between eight to 12 levels. We're at nine. Um, I, I would say we're, we're very uh, right in the mix of what our schools are offering. Now, when you talk about peers too, you know, uh, Virginia Tech, that, that school in Blacksburg, we beat 3835. Uh, they're trying to get to 20,000 members. And so their distribution from low end members to high end members may look a little bit different than ours. Uh, and then, you know, we're the only school really in FBS two years. And so we do look at the Coastal Carolinas. Uh, we do look at our peers in Notre Dame and BYU. So who we define as our peers is a little bit different, but I'd say generally we're, we're right on track. Awesome. Awesome. And so you've kind of touched on this already, but the, the thought behind the $60 membership, you know, where you're kind of getting those, you even mentioned that, that our, our low level member, the $60 entry um, level membership is kind of getting a few more benefits that some others don't. But what is the idea behind that? I think you touched on it a little bit with just get engaging fans and getting them in the door, so to speak. I know I'm not very good at sales or tactics, but so maybe talk to me a little bit about why the $60 level. Why is that so important for fans that that maybe aren't sure about booster clubs and what they are and how to get involved? What are your thoughts? What are the thoughts behind having that entry level? Yeah, I think it really is. Um, it is just the gateway. So you uh, kind of, uh, stick your toe in the door and get a little bit of taste of what does it mean to be more than a fan. And uh, you may have seen that in some of the marketing pieces we've done recently. Uh, it's something that we're going to continue to push more is that 
when you join the Flames Club, you are more than a fan. Uh, I think everybody can be excited about what's going on. They can get pumped up. They can watch. They can listen to a Sea of Red podcast. They can watch games on ESPN+. Plus. But we really need people to be more invested. And, you know, you can say you get off the bench. Uh, you use a lot of great sports analogies. But um, someone who's willing to, to uh, just do a little bit more. And so uh, if you, you talk about the benefits, um, for $60, our folks do have the ability to get premium seating. So in Williams Stadium, that's our uh, red premium bench back. Uh, you are in the priority seating process. You do get priority for away game uh, tickets and, and postseason and bowl games. Uh, the only thing you really don't get at the $60 membership is parking. And uh, that is intentional that we do want to have a differentiation, not just everybody gets parking. Uh, I will say at a lot of schools, though, you don't get parking until you're at the thousand, two thousand dollar level. Uh, parking, to be honest, doesn't cost us a lot. It's a lot of student workers. It is a whole lot of physical effort to get it done, but we can offer it. And our campus is also unique in how much parking we have close to William Stadium, uh, close to the arena, close to baseball. So we want to take advantage of that opportunity. So for how do you look at out-of-state members? So you have somebody who's out-of-state who maybe can't make it to many games. Um, what considerations are, are you guys – I mean, I think – and look, I, I'm on the outside looking in here, but just kind of my perception is Liberty is becoming a national brand. We've always been a national, more so than um, Blacksburg or UVA, where they kind of built around the surrounding communities. I feel like Liberty has done that a little bit, but we also reach a – reach a crowd, you know, a lot of our alumni come from California, so to speak. And uh, my guess is, my, my question is, what considerations are given to help those people go in? Is it yard flags? Is it, you know, what are your thoughts behind getting people from out of state to join the Flames Club? Yeah, definitely, uh, I say a market. Um, again, maybe that's a little too uh, marketing, but we, we do look at our folks from being all over the country. And uh, if you got our impact mailer this year, we actually had members from every state in the country except New Mexico. Um, so we got to get New Mexico on the list this year if anybody has any friends out that way. Uh, but we also had folks in, I think, eight different countries. And so we are looking at how do we bring more and more people on board. Um, one of the things we want to really start to push this year is some exclusive and premium content. So similar to some of the things you guys do with the Sea of Red uh, would be, you know, we have uh, a call in for coaches only. Uh, we're looking at the ability to send some YouTube videos that things of, you know, uh, a coach's uh, just conversation after practice or after, after a game that only Flames Club members can access. Um, that's a little bit more challenging than it sounds when you talk about paywalls and uh how do you distribute that content so we are looking through those things um you are right about things like yard flags i will say uh you've asked a little bit about research um for a long time i was a member of the texas longhorn foundation uh which would be the flames club equivalent texas uh, my sister-in-law was an assistant uh, soccer coach there uh, i've also been a member at a couple other schools really just to get ideas of what they do really well and uh 
one of those schools, you know, every year they sent a beer koozie. Well, at Liberty, we're not going to send a beer koozie uh, for a lot of reasons, but there are some things to kind of getting that swag, those physical items out there. Uh, that's one of the great things. I think we have a partnership with um, a company that sends those gifts. So when you join, you get the code, you can go online and claim your gift. Uh, and one of the benefits of that is it's not just the same gift for everybody. Some people want a long sleeve shirt. Some people want a short sleeve shirt. Some people want a license plate thing, uh, but we give that option to our folks. So uh, the other really good benefit is we are going back on the road with more events this year. Uh, pretty soon, you'll hear at least of two of our away football games. We are going to do some pretty large scale fan events. Uh, we just got to get past uh, this first game in Campbell this weekend, but getting those things out and then uh, an opportunity to engage more Flames Nation in those regions and also to uh, get them excited and, and pumped up for the Flames. Okay, so you've answered a bunch of my questions already. I was going to ask what type of research goes into this uh, um, and, and then things that are changing in the future. You've kind of answered a lot of that. Um, and one other thing that I had is the, the benefits chart that we each get. Um, that benefits chart, is that exhaustive an exhaustive list of all the benefits or is that just highlight that the the major differentiating things between the levels yeah i think um you know on the benefits chart uh it is kind of what we view as our uh obligation right so uh it is if someone joins at the you know, the cornerstone level this is how many seats they qualify for this is their priority in the seating process so that every member understands where those things stand. Uh, as of last week, every, every member can join in uh, or can log in and they can see where their annual fund rank is. So you can see, uh, you know, you are one out of, I think right now it's uh, like 1,500. Although we have more Flames Club members, not all of them have earned a point yet because you earn points for giving more than $100 uh, being a consecutive member or being a consecutive season ticket holder. A fun one is you can also log in and see over your lifetime, where do you rank over? I think the, it's uh, almost 6,000 total members we've had over our lifetime. So uh, a good benefit there. Um, sorry, back to the chart. I'm trying to think what you'd ask me. We, we do offer other benefits. So a good one was at Fan Appreciation Day. Uh, we had a kind of a picnic lunch for everybody who came and attended. And that was free for every member. So even if you're a talent level member and you got a family of six, we gave lunch to all six of you. Um, and so we really do view that as uh, an opportunity to serve and say thank you to our members, uh, whether they give 25,000 or they give 60 bucks, uh, a way to say thank you. And then we've also tried to add in a few things just over the course of the year. Um, but we have, we have more things we're hoping to add down the line. Wow. Yeah, man, it's 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 awesome to be a part of. I can't put it really. Um, I'll, I'll just put it this way. So the slogan is "Rise with us," right? And that's kind of challenged me as a fan—not challenged, but in my mind, that's what I'm doing. Is I'm seeing these kids and coaches and athletics put all this money, and the university put all this money behind recruiting and facilities and and everything that goes into that. Um, coaches salaries everything i'm seeing all this this money being spent by by those folks and they're saying rise with us well to me that means doing exactly what you and ian have both said 
buy season tickets and join the flames club. And to me, that's kind of one of my main motivators. I'll be honest with you. The second motivator for me is the, the ticket priority, um, seating priority. I know that if we keep winning games and the season tickets keep selling like they have, you know, my name needs to be a little bit higher on that list. Like you were talking about. So that way I can secure, I love where I sit in the stadium and, uh, to be able to have that priority is a big motivator to me as well. Um, you guys are doing a little bit for everybody. It feels uh, feels like so. Um, I just want to kind of give a ten second commercial here to my fellow fans. Um, to me, I just listed my favorite benefits, and that is rising with the athletics program. Um, the second thing I would say is that the university has done their part. The um, with the budget they give athletics every year. So your athletics budget equals. Your revenue generation, which is season tickets and um, Flames Club. And then it also, and a few other things, but it also is the university supplementing that with with some athletic budget. And with all of that being spent, it feels like that we, they've done their part. It's time for fans to grow with and rise with. So that's kind of my, my thoughts behind it. And uh, I think that the benefits are kind of there. Um, everybody can, like Mike just said, everybody has a little bit different take on what a benefit should be and where it's at and, and the levels of benefits. So, um, we're right there with our peers, Mike, I just wanted to open it up and say, do you have anything else you'd like to add? I mean, I, I know we're kind of new to this. It kind of feels like I hate to keep saying that, but you know, we have had 6,000 members in the history of the flames club, but we're new to this whole winning thing and, and, and then increasing the budgets the way we need to to keep up. And, and if we really want to meet those, those goals and visions that were set by our founder, you know, it's going to take all of us and it's going to take all of us pulling in the same direction. So any final thoughts on that kind of concept and, and where we are as a Flames Club and where we need to be? Yeah, I think, I mean, you touched on a lot of those things, uh, Chad, and I'll, I'll go back to uh, – I was very fortunate to be a, a student athlete here at Liberty uh, about is actually this week is my 20th anniversary being at the, at the institution. And, um, you know, during my days that was under coach Tolzma. And I mean, I think when we were on the track team and we won a lot of big South championships, right. But we got basically our, our singlet and our shorts and one pair of shoes during the year. And if you wanted a pair of sweats, you had to buy them. Um, that's not that long ago to think of how our resources have changed, but to talk about where we think um, and where we want to be, you know, we have some fantastic coaches around here and other schools are coming after them. Um, you know, Scott Jackson and the success that he's built in basketball uh, in baseball and Richie McKay in basketball. And, you know, it is a tough thing to find the right people to train our young people. And there is kind of a market value there. So you are right pulling in the same direction, um, you know, stepping up. There's so many, again, great sports analogies with that, but um, you are right. You know, it is, we talk about it kind of the, ex the escalator, you know, why do we have a talent level membership? We want someone to, we want to convert someone who is maybe attended a couple games into buying a season ticket. Then we want to get them in the Flames Club. Then we want to get them to get better seats and season tickets. I want them to get their their friends to do the same. And then they become that, uh, you know, crazed fan who runs a podcast late at night 
And that's the people that, that we want. Um, so, you know, cheers to you, Chad, and, and all of our Sea uh, Red fans, because um, what we really see is really uniting. And you think about last year, um, in a lot of ways, last year was tough for the university, right? It, it was COVID. Uh, we had a leadership change. But there were so many bright spots throughout the entire 2020, 2021 year of a cure bowl and baseball and basketball and nationally ranked field hockey and golf teams and men's tennis, um, women's softball. cross country going to nationals. Yes, yeah, softball. I mean, like, I mean, how many championships uh, did we win last year? Swimming and diving. Uh, just uh, like, it really is a fantastic way to unify all of campus and, and all alumni and, and everybody together. So um, I, one, one other thing you said, open it up. Uh, I will mention uh, in December of 2020, sorry, 2019, we'd announced that we'd be increasing um, some of our membership levels. And when COVID hit, we decided to push that off for a year. Uh, those membership levels will increase for the 22 season. And uh, the talent level would go from 60 to 75. Um, it is, we did not increase it for every level. And I, I will talk through a little bit of that, uh, that as well. Um, you know, it is, uh, and I, I don't have it in front of me, it is our lower five levels are going up a little bit. Um, one of the questions is, you know, why did you do that? What's the timing? We had not raised our membership levels since 2010. And so, the timing was, was right. And you talk about the talent level. I mentioned, you know, fan appreciation day. If you have a family of, of six, we're giving you uh, a meal. Uh, we do send a thank you gift, those kind of things that we are. Um, there's barely a donation when you think about uh, kind of the benefits that are received out of that $60. So that will increase to 75. Um, one of the questions people have asked is, why didn't you increase prices? for the upper levels, the directors at 3,000, the presence is 6,000. Uh, as we looked at everything, in the last several years, we've had a, a steep increase in our season ticket prices for some of those levels uh, and as well with the arena. And so uh, while we've been able to maintain lower prices on season tickets uh, at our lower levels, and so we felt like across the board, as you talk about rising, it is a slight lift for everyone, uh, but because in some areas we've increased season ticket prices. Uh, we felt like that was a good match across the board. Yeah. Yeah, man. I feel like, um, I feel like you guys are hitting it there. Um, one thing I wanted to see if you could kind of give us an idea. I know that probably the final numbers aren't there and you're maybe not ready to say those, but seeing a lot of stuff about, I know we announced the sellout of a certain section of, the stadium, I believe it was the West side had some type of seating sellout um, and flames club membership is kind of creeping up there. Where, what are we looking like in terms of numbers and, and are we at a record level or are we at a spot where we're growing um, exponentially? Are you still seeing that growth? If we hit a, hit a spot where it's like, okay, we've kind of hit a stagnant spot. Can you just talk about the growth and where we are with both of those numbers? Yeah. I mean, uh, man, what, what a fun thing to talk about. So, uh, two weeks ago, you're right. We put out some stuff on social media. Um, we, we probably should have put more out, but in the busyness of getting ready for the Campbell game, uh, I, I think it was two weeks ago on Tuesday, 
we hit a record number of men's basketball season tickets. And it was like, man, let's everybody stand up and cheer. That is so awesome to see our fans and their excitement for what Coach McKay is doing and Liberty Arena. And that was on Tuesday. On Wednesday, we actually sold out of every premium seat in Williams Stadium. So if you're, if you're standing in the stadium at the 50-yard line and you're looking at the west side, uh, every suite is sold out, our luxury indoor seats, our club seats, the, the premium chair back, which is the blue seats, and then the red bench back. Uh, every seat has sold out for the first time in university history. And like, if I didn't think the week could get any better, um, on Thursday, uh, we set a record for, uh, well, actually, we didn't set a record, but we broke our membership record for 2019. Uh, 2020 was, was a, a record member year for us. It was fantastic. Even with the downside of COVID, we had so many people excited to join. We hit 3,200 members. In 2019, we had 1,307, and we passed 1,307. You know, that was August, uh, I don't know the date, 17th, 18th. And to think we're only in the first week of school, and we've already set, we broke our 2019 record for membership. Um, I, I truly believe we're going to go over 5,000 members this year for the first time ever. And that's going to be because people, people are excited. Our coaches are doing a fantastic job. Uh, our student athletes are doing just unbelievable things. Uh, the excitement is growing, but I really think we'll hit that 5,000 number for the first time this year. Awesome, man. Wow. That's cool stuff. That, that just makes me really excited to be a part of it. And that's one of the big things too, is, is not missing out on the opportunity to be involved in this and kind of, uh, kind of being a part of it. Uh, even if it's a small, you know, if it's a membership, that's how I got in and, that was the entry level and held there for a couple of years and then really got my kicks out of being a fan and, and doing a little bit more and getting the mailers and increase my levels. And that's just how it goes. And I think I'm, you guys have done your market research well enough to know that you got me in the door and here we are rolling along and we'll see how, how high up it goes. I don't know, but it's exciting stuff, Mike, as always, I know those weren't probably the easiest questions. There was a little bit more depth there, but um, man, you, you always handle it with so much grace and, uh, really looking forward to seeing you this Saturday, your first, I guess, major event outside of COVID other than the last yeah. ASUN championship. So excited for that. Um, also I will be hunting around your, uh, your area of the stadium there for a box of donuts. I don't know if uh, you and the family are going to pick those up. I don't know if they're going to be stale, but I, I do, I do I, honestly, man, on a Saturday game day, waking up, looking for, uh, the Hagen family donuts has become part of yeah. my routine, gets me pumped up. And then I go get my own box of donuts and eat terrible for the rest of the day. It kind of sets the tone. So uh, really you know, appreciate Go ahead. Uh, I'll say like, uh, we, we are very excited for game day. This is, um, you know, the busiest week of the year for us and our staff. Um, and we had a staff meeting today and I re reminded everybody like, you know, in the midst of Saturday, uh, remember that this is fun. And you know, it, it, it is, it is our job, but it is a very fun job and it's so exciting. And like people love what we get to do. So you're right. Uh, we will, uh, you know, have our parking attendants out early in the morning, uh, all swing home, grab the kids, uh, and we'll head out and get some donuts. Can we watch, uh, donuts and game day before I'll head back to the stadium. But, um, 
you know, e- even this is we, we want to be a part of your game day family tradition. So whether that's uh, the best spot to tailgate or uh, you just get to know those people that you sit next to in the stadium, you know, listening to Coach Freeze on the ride home, whatever it is, uh, just help us be a part of your game day experience and, and a part of our family. Man, we're in. We're in, Mike. Hopefully, hopefully uh, the people listening, I know they're just as passionate and, and uh, we, we'll see some movement there. So much appreciated. We'll definitely do this again, hopefully uh, before next year. But it always seems like when we're ramping up for football, that's when the Flames Club membership discussion always kind of, com- kind of comes about. But um, if we make it till next season, we'll talk to you before next season. If not, if we uh, have the chance to catch up before then, I would love that too. So Mike, thank you very much for what you're doing. And I uh, love having former Flames in positions like you have. And uh, it's uh, even more rewarding. So as, as with that, we'll say go Flames. And uh, Mike, we'll see you on Saturday. All right. Thank you, Chad. Thank you, Flames Nation. Week one, the Liberty Line is back for the 2021 season. And just like last year's football team, we're coming off a record-breaking year with our predictions. Let's jump right into it. Season win total for the Flames this year is at nine with most sports books. You're going to have to pay a little bit more if you want to go over nine. That number is minus 125, so you got to lay 125 bucks to win $100. Let's go down the schedule. Where do we see these wins? Week one this week against Campbell. We'll call that a win. I think the Flames, they'll be able to handle it. Next week at Troy, that's a win. Coming back week three at home against Old Dominion. That's a win as well. First semi-true road test potentially at Syracuse. Flames destroyed Syracuse last year up in New York. I don't think they have a problem again this year. Week five, this is where it gets interesting to me. On the road at the University of Alabama, Birmingham, in a new stadium for the Blazers, I actually think this is going to be the first loss for the Flames this year. So at this point, they're at 4-1. Next week, Middle Tennessee State at home. I think that's a win. couple of road games after that. At Louisiana Monroe, should have no problems there. At North Texas, no problems there. Then you take a look at a home game against Independent Massachusetts. Now you're sitting at 8-1. Great season so far. The true test of the schedule comes the following week. At Ole Miss, early November game. I think the Flames at this point, they'll be in the top 20. And they've got a great chance to go in to win at the Grove. I think they will. Liberty, after the Ole Miss game, sitting at 9-1. Next week, coming off a home game, or coming to a home game, Louisiana Lafayette. I think this is where the Flames have their second loss of the season. I don't think they win this game. Last game of the season, over the Thanksgiving holiday against Army. Always a toss-up game because of the offense that Army runs. But I think this is a game that Liberty wins. They finish the season with 10 wins. I like the over in the season total at nine. This week's game, let's take a look at it. Playing against Campbell. Flames are a 20 and a half point favorite. Anytime we're right at that half point on the key numbers of 7, 14, and 21, we like Liberty this week. Campbell got a lot of new FBS transfers coming in this season, but I don't think it's enough to hang with the Flames who bring a lot of returners back on both sides of the football. Of course, everybody knows about potential Heisman candidate Malik Willis. We think he gets off to a great start this week. Weather should be perfect as being in the low 80s at kickoff. No chance of rain. 
Should be an exciting week. Glad football is back. We hope you pack out the stadium this week as the first game of the season. We got one other prediction for you here. You ready for this? Liberty finishes the season, regular season, at 10 and 2. I think they play into 2022. I don't think they finish every single game in 2021. So that's a prediction. We'll see you in a bowl game sometime in early January. We're excited for this year's campaign. Going to be a great season. I'm Jarrett Brooks for this week's Liberty Line. John, um, the last thing I want to get to with you on the phone here is just a game by game. Not so much a prediction, but just more thoughts on it. Um, looking more for a margin of victory. I mean, I've already you've already put out your wins and losses in the football preview magazine, which really appreciate that. The thing was incredible. Read uh, read it in one week, cover to cover per se. And uh, so yeah, let's go through each game here, and I wanted to kind of uh, get your thoughts on them, and I'll, I'll kind of give mine as well. Um, I'm not going to make too many friends tonight because I, <laughs> I, I don't know if I have uh, have protected myself against letdown or I think that teams are per better prepared for Malik or um, that the, actually I think the biggest piece is I think that the teams on our schedule are a lot better than the teams we had last year. Last year, we caught everybody on their down year, Western Kentucky, Syracuse, uh, you name it we pretty much caught everybody on their down year. And even the teams that we played that were good, uh, like coastal, they were kind of fake good. In my opinion, they, they didn't really have any wins other than the BYU, which still BYU then in and of themselves, they didn't beat too many good teams. Um, so I, I would say that coastal is kind of a fake good. Not that I don't take the top 25. And I know that there are people who have probably already shut off the podcast, but guys, I'm just trying to tell you my honest opinion about where we are, and want want to make sure, um, you know, that I'm that I'm kind of telling that the way it is. So, John, man, this is going to be painful, I think. But game one, Campbell, um, you know, I think the spread I saw was 22 and a half. How's Liberty doing in that game? Well, I'll jump into that real quick. But before I say that, and before we get into this, one thing I like to say is any game Liberty goes into this season, it is my belief that Liberty will have the best head coach and the best quarterback on the field slash sideline. So that's why I think, you know, yeah, that's why I, I that's why I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, if you will, yeah, this yeah, season. Yeah. So, You're exactly so anyways, right. So anyways, to get into now that that doesn't mean you're going to win every game obviously. But anyways, to get into to it um Campbell, yeah, if you're saying the line is somewhere around 20 to 22, um Liberty wins um and I think they would cover that and win comfortably yep. by, by three plus touchdowns. Yep, Liberty wins covers easy. Um Next game is Troy. Uh, I will go ahead and start with this one. I th I'm guessing I'm setting the line around probably close to after we blow out Campbell. I'm putting the Troy line at Troy somewhere around 15 and a half. And I think Liberty covers at Troy 15 and a half as well. Oh, wow. That I, If I had to set the line, I would have said it was around 10. And I would say Liberty covers at 15 and a half. I mean, Troy, 
I think it's going to be closer than a lot of us think. I think a lot of us think Liberty's going to show up and just roll all over them. I, I think I look at that game similar to Western Kentucky. Um, you know, Troy's a talented team. We know when they were up here in Lynchburg two years ago, they they were we were talking about them being the best team ever to play at Williams Stadium, and and you know they you know their coach went on and left, and, and they've had a little bit of a rebuild the past couple of seasons. But they still got some talented players, and and they're going to be geared up and ready to play the flames. Uh, Liberty wins, but I say that if the line's 15 and a half, I take Troy to cover that. Okay. So let's just name what we think the spread will be. I think that that'll kind of give a good indication of what we're trying to get to here. I would say, I would say, I would say 10 and a half. Okay. I got Liberty winning a little bit bigger than that. 15 and a half. All right. ODU Liberty. I think, uh, I think the line is going to be somewhere around 20, plus maybe 21 and i think this is where a lot of folks disagree with me i think odu covers that i think liberty wins the game but i think odu uh keeps it within maybe 10 points uh so the line i think is going to be closer to 21 i think liberty wins by uh between seven and 10 points um you know the reason i think that and we'll get into this as we get into each game week but New head coach, completely unknown. Ricky Rain did a decent job at Penn State with the quarterbacks and the offense up there. Um, he, people in that area love him already. He's winning over the the Monarch Nation, as they say. And um, I, I, you know, they have a talented roster. They out recruited Liberty um, for several, for at least three out of the last four years, um, maybe more than that. So I think that their recruiting classes, they have the talent. Now, they haven't brought in the transfers like we have, and we do have the best coach and the best quarterback on the field that day. But, um, you know, I don't think it's going to be a blowout like like most folks, including yourself, I imagine, are anticipating. Man, you and I have talked about this game a, a little bit offline, and, and you're right. I, I don't I don't agree with you. I understand where you're coming from, but I don't I don't agree with you. I think ODU is like they, they open up against Wake Forest this week. I think it's either a Thursday or Friday night game. I think Wake Forest is favorite. I saw the line. It was something astonishing, like 38 and a half points or something. And you're sitting here saying Liberty's going to beat ODU by 10 points. Um, I disagree. They got a first-year head coach, as you mentioned. Uh, There's a lot of unknowns. We don't know about ODU, but most people have them pegged as one of the worst 10 to 15 teams in the country. Um, I think Liberty wins. I think they win comfortably. If you look back to – First game as an FBS school, Liberty beat them, what, 52 to 10? And we're a ton, we're light years uh, ahead of where we were when we played that game. Not to say that we were that much better than ODU then. I don't think we were. I think that game was a little bit of a nominally, but uh, just everything was going in Liberty's favor. Um, all the momentum around the program. But, yeah, I mean, I don't think Liberty would win 52 to 10. I wouldn't predict that this year. But uh, if I was setting a line, I would say it was somewhere around 18 to 20 uh, and Liberty would cover is, is my prediction there. So I think uh, the next game at Syracuse. So you got to take into consideration it's on the road. It's an ACC opponent, power five. The level of talent's going to be there. Dino Babers is really excited about all the players he got back from the COVID year. He had a lot missing out on him. Uh, they're not projecting predicted to do very well in the ACC, but it's still an ACC opponent on the road. I'd say the line's probably going to be set at four and a half in Liberty's favor. Um, and I say that, whew, 
I think that's just about right. I think the line's going to be set about four and a half, and I think that Liberty wins by a field goal or so. Um, you know, it's a very good, talented team, and Dino Babers has proven he can coach them up, and I think they're going to be a lot better than they were last year. So I, I got Liberty by a field goal with the line about four and a half. Yeah, I've gone back and forth in this Syracuse game, and I think I probably will leading up to kickoff. Um, you know, I think back to the game last year and Liberty really didn't have a lot of trouble with the orange, but at the same time, they're still an ACC team and have ACC talent. You know, they've recruited at that level for years. Um, you know, I, I think Liberty wins. I, I, I think I'm kind of similar to you right now. I think Liberty wins, but, you know, by one to two scores. So somewhere between, you know, four and 10 points. Uh, which is kind of a wide margin, but, um, you know, if I had to guess right now, that's where I would have, you know, what I would predict is Liberty to win somewhere in that four to 10 point range uh, against Syracuse right now. All right. UAB on the road, opening up their new stadium. I'd say the line is going to be set somewhere around seven and a half for Liberty at this point in the season. If things are going the way we think, I think the line will be about seven and a half. And I think UAB covers. I, I think that they probably, um, you know, being the height that they have going into that new stadium, the coming out of the basically the death penalty, uh, you know, where they had football suspended or canceled or removed to build that program back up to where it is. They have a had a good year last year, a lot of returners. So they got a good team. They got a good coach. Uh, they're ready to play. And opening up that new stadium is going to be an epic epic momentum builder or motivator and uh i think that um yeah they they play us tough um again i think the the spread's probably gonna be close to seven and a half and i think uab covers if i had to bet on that i would take uab plus seven and a half yeah if i had to bet on that i'd probably take uab on the money line I, i've predicted uab to win that game since this you know schedule flip from 2020 to 2021 back in late December, early January. UAB is a good team. They're one of the best group of five teams. As you mentioned, they're going to be at home playing their first ever game in that brand new stadium in downtown Birmingham. Uh, There's going to be a lot of momentum behind them. I just read an article today um, from Yahoo Sports. I think it was Pete Thamel that wrote it uh, just about their new stadium and and about that program. And, and, And you talk about Liberty making a huge huge growth in the last five to 10 years. UAB's right there too, as far as football goes, um, you know, talk about, you know, shutting the program down and then coming back from the ashes. And, and here they are uh, with one of the most talked about uh, head coaches in the group of five every year. He's always mentioned for open jobs that come up on the P five level, but uh, I hope I'm wrong. Um, but I, I have, I think it's going to be a tight game. It's going to be decided late in the fourth quarter. Uh, player two will take it either way. But if I had to pick, uh, I would take UAB in a close one, one possession game. Yeah, and uh, and understand we can't pick Liberty to win every single game as much as we want that and we would love that. You know, some history tells you teams just don't go undefeated too often. So you got to find one or two in there. Um I think the line is set for the over-under at Liberty right now is nine games. So even Vegas thinks we're going to lose three. Um, yeah, that's probably one that I think that's a toss-up and and could go either way. 
Um, Middle Tennessee State at Liberty. I think the line's going to be just as much, if not more, than Campbell. I think Liberty covers that as well, uh, especially if they lose at UAB on the second. Um, they will. Uh, they have a couple of games there uh, in a row to kind of get ready for um, better competition. So I think Liberty kind of blows out Middle Tennessee State. Yeah, I think uh, MTSU, that's, you know, Liberty back at home coming off a loss or undefeated. I think they'll be, you know, glad to be back at Williams Stadium. Uh, Middle Tennessee is one of the worst teams uh, has been the past couple of years in the FBS. I think, uh, you know, yeah, Liberty wins. You know, if I had to set a margin, it would be in the 20s, you know, 22 to 23, somewhere around in there. And I would I would take Liberty to cover. At uh, Louisiana Monroe, Louisiana Monroe kind of stinks. Uh, they Harding, we got their uh, linebacker transferred in. I'm guessing the line is going to be somewhere between about 13 and a half, maybe 14 and a half. I take Liberty to cover that. I think Liberty is going to win, win that game. Um, you know, as weird as it is, we kind of have our footprint down there in the South with in, in Louisiana specifically. I know a few players have come from there and then Harding, I think that um, being on the road, Freeze kind of likes that. He he likes to go into SEC country, the southeast area of the country. He, he likes to go on the road. People know him down there. And, uh, you know, I think he finds that personal motivation and ru- that rubs off on his team. I don't think he's going to take uh, Louisiana Monroe lightly. I think he wants to go in and make a statement no matter where they are. in the. He just wants to make a statement down in that in that part of the country that he's he and his team are for real. So I think the line will be about 14 and a half. I see Liberty really pouring it on that game, winning in the upward, winning by 30 plus. Wow. Um, yeah. So ULM has got a new head coach, Terry Bowden, um, late Bobby Bowden's son. So that'll be a, a neat storyline to kind of follow this year with them. Um, yeah. They're, they're, they're not, they're just not good right now. I mean, they, they were 0 and 10 last season in the Sun Belt and, Again, one of the worst teams in, in the country in the FBS level. And um, I have Liberty winning comfortably. And I would put the line a little bit larger than yours, maybe around 17 and a half. And I would have Liberty uh, covering that as well. Um, just a side note, I believe I when I was talking to Ian for this episode, I believe he said that he hired one of the Bowdens at Tulane. Was it Terry? I wonder. Um, I think it was Tommy. I, I didn't didn't realize that, but yeah, I think it was Tommy. Um, yeah, he, he said that's how he met Bobby several times as he hired his son at Tulane. So pretty cool backstory there. If it was Terry, it would be be kind of cool for him and uh, him and Ian as well. But yeah, I think Liberty really pours it on North Texas. Oh, it's going to be a shootout. I think North. Uh, it's gonna, at North Texas. I believe they still have the same coach they had that. Brought North Texas here into Liberty Stadium or Williams Stadium uh, maybe two or three years ago. I think it was still in the Gill era, I believe. Um, yeah. But, um, I think they have the same coach. He's always he's he's a great coach. Um, you know, they weren't very good last year, but they have a really high-powered offense. If they can stop people at all, um, so I'm guessing the line is going to be somewhere around probably 13 and a half, but I think it's going to be so high-scoring that uh, I would probably take North Texas th- plus 13 and a half just because I think it's going to be like a 41 to, you know, 35 type game, 41 to even 31, something like that. 
Um, I think it's just going to be so back and forth that the margin's not going to be as as wide as as thirteen and a half. Even though it, Scott Simon's defense, if they give up thirty one to North Texas, um, that would be not a great performance. But again, it's on the road in Texas, and uh, you know they can put up some numbers. Yeah, Seth Literal's the head coach there. He he was a head coach when we played them in two thousand eighteen, and they pretty much obliterated us on our home field. Uh, remember their quarterback at the time, Mason Fine, uh, who's not there anymore, thank goodness. But um, this game, you know, I, I hate to say it scares me because um, I don't think we'll lose, but it it does scare me a little bit. I, I mean, I think Liberty will win, but I think a lot of people would are going to go into that game, a lot of Liberty people are going to go into that game thinking we're going to roll all over them because um, North Texas has struggled the last couple of years. But they've got some talent down there. They have a good coach, a good coaching staff. Uh, they're not going to roll over and, and play dead. I mean, this is and it's a long trip for Liberty. I mean, going halfway across the country, um, you know, a lot of long trips this year. I, I think Liberty wins. Uh, I would say North Texas covers with the line somewhere around uh, 13 and a half. Um, so Liberty wins a little bit closer than, than we would like or that we would hope for, but the Flames do pull out the win. So, John, what I'm hearing is we're not disagreeing too much uh, until we get into these last three here, we might have a little bit different side of the, of the story. But um, UMass at Liberty, uh, the line's going to be a lot, and it's not going to be enough. That's basically all I got to say about that one. It doesn't matter if they set it at 35. I'm taking the Flames. Uh, you know, I just think that being both being independent, I believe um, Ian has some ties to UMass. Whether he was the he graduated, yeah, he was the there. athletic director. Okay. Um, So I I just don't see us uh, wanting UMass to have any light in that game. Another one similar to to Louisiana Monroe. I think that this is one that Liberty kind of circles on their calendar as being independent. And we probably have some type of, you know, verbal agreement to play them each year because of just being independent and helping each other out and they're always going to be an FBS game for us. And I think that we just kind of circle this one to say, all right, this is the one independent that we've kind of kept around. They're on the East coast. And, and I think we'll circle them every year. Um, hopefully we can get to a point where uh, they are our first game on the season and it's a winnable FBS game, but a winnable FBS game to become bowl eligible. You can't really, you know, that's on the East coast that has a somewhat name recognition for our fans. You can't really, you can't really see them getting rid of that one on the schedule in any time soon. So I think Liberty is going to have some familiarity with UMass. And uh, I believe that this is another one that is going to be a blowout, but I think Liberty kind of circles it and rallies. And, and like I said, it's going to be a large line, but it's not going to be enough. I got Liberty plus 30. I mean, minus 30 some. Yeah. Uh, Liberty and UMass are going to be the two teams that, play more than anyone on Liberty's schedule as an FPS member. That's the way it's been uh, since the Flames joined the FPS and, you know, continues to be over the next, you know, decade or so, as lo- especially as long as both teams are independent. Um, and, and it's a game Liberty should should have on the schedule, you know, play them home and away, um, you know, alternating years. Um, but, yeah, you know, Liberty's, you know, light years ahead of UMass right now as a football program. So, yeah, I take the Flames. Um, covering a 30-plus point spread, sure. Yeah, we got to come up with a name for these last three games because they are not easy. This is not a gauntlet. It's a 
I don't know. It's Mississippi, Louisiana, and Army. Um, two of those, at least two of those three are at home. But it's going to be a tough stretch of games. November 6th. John, here's my bold prediction about this. First of all, I'm going to say that I think Ole Miss wins. They're a good team. Lane Kiffin knows all about freeze. There's no surprises. They, He's a good coach. He's going to have better talent overall across the board um, just because it is SEC. They were, you know, bigger, faster, stronger kids. Um, that's just my take on it. Uh, I don't, I'm not trying to bash the Liberty roster in any way. I think um, you know, they've proven they can beat teams like this. So who knows? We are going to have the best head coach, the best quarterback. We might even have the best offensive line. Um, and, but you know, there's just going to be too much talent on the field. It's going to, it's at Ole Miss. Uh, there's zero chance that uh, Ole Miss wants to lose to freeze in this situation where they had to kind of, you know, things didn't end well there for a lot of fans and freeze. And there's still some animosity towards some of the fan base but isn't it weird that some of the fan base like followed freeze here and they kind of follow along with him because they loved him so much and it's kind of odd how half of them hate him half of them love him can be a weird homecoming slash homecoming because that's his home state but return to his former program i got i got the line probably oh probably six and a half Ole miss and I would say that Ole Miss probably covers that and beats us by 10 or 10 or 13, just too good on the road. Um, I will say this. My bold prediction for this game is that's a game day, college game day. Liberty has, if Liberty has one or two losses, uh, Ole Miss is right around flirting with the top 25. They do have LSU maybe a week before that, um, so they're not going to be undefeated or anything. But, you know, an SEC team that has two losses – you know, Kiffin and Freeze, two of the biggest needle movers in the country. I mean, they take to Twitter. I don't know if you've ever seen those stats of which head coaches um, get more interactions on Twitter than any other ones. And Kiffin and Freeze are right up in the top couple. Um, so no way ESPN is going to miss out on a chance. If, if either of these teams, both of these teams are, are decent and uh, right around floating around the top 30, top 40, um, better believe that they're going to get down there and watch freeze versus Kiffin live. And uh, they'll probably have them tweet back and forth at each other leading up to the game, something like that. But um, that's the bold prediction game day. I've already got my tickets. I know a lot of folks have to go down to Oxford. Cannot wait to experience the Grove live. Um, when I was a little kid, probably 11, 12 years old, just getting into college game day, watching, watching and following sports. I remember them, just ranting and raving about the Grove, talking about, you know, this is the best setting in college football for tailgating. So I've always had it on the bucket list. Can't wait to go to that game. Unfortunately, I think we're going to leave out of there with about a 10 to 13 point loss. Um, just too much going on for outside circumstances for Ole Miss to kind of not circle this game and say, um, you know, typically they're circling Alabama, LSU, and maybe you know, Texas A&M or whoever it ends up being in their conference. I think if they had to circle two or three games this year, Liberty's right up at the top. They probably dismissed Alabama, dismissed LSU in place of freeze coming back and Liberty being top 25. So um, could be wrong. I don't know their fan base all that well, but I know they're not going to overlook it. That's for sure. Man, that's crazy to think. And I believe you're 
you're accurate in what you're saying too. That, that's crazy to, to even think about that. But, um, and you know, I think we both have Liberty at eight and one going into this game. And I've looked into this game and I did an article earlier in the summer. You can go back and, and look for it. If you go on CRED.com and search for uh, game day, it'll come up. But um, of most likely games for Liberty to get game day this year. And, and this was one of them, obviously, that I thought has a chance. So I looked into it. The, the biggest hurdle is LSU and Alabama play that week. So if LSU, you know, Alabama's like, you know, number one, likely going to be in the top five to not maybe number one all season, but up in the, you know, top of the, you know, rankings. And if LSU is as well, then, then it's going to be hard to, to topple that one. But um, I mean, if Liberty's eight and one and Ole Miss is, you know, six and three or somewhere around there and both teams are in the top 20 or so, then, you know, with the freeze and Kiffin storylines, Malik Willis and, and Matt Cor- Corral, I think is how you say his name. I, I should know that uh, their quarterback, um, you know, that, there's a lot of storylines around that. It wouldn't be a shocker for them to go there rather than LSU and Bama even. Um, maybe LSU has a few losses and isn't in the top 25 and we don't have to worry about it. But as for the game, yeah, I mean, I, I don't see Ole Miss. Unfortunately, I don't see Ole Miss uh, overlooking Liberty. It's not going to happen. They're going to, you know, be ready to play. Uh, we're going to get, you know, their best shot, I believe, you know, obviously with Coach Freeze and, and Malik, there's going to be a lot of media hype and love around the Flames. Um, I think Ole Miss, you know, you you put the line at six and a half. I was thinking before you said that, right around five and a half. So we're kind of along along the same line of thinking. Uh, and I would I would have the Rebels to to cover that and um, to win by a touchdown or so, maybe maybe a little bit more. Um, I mean, I hate to say that. I think I do think Liberty can go down there and win. I wouldn't be shocked if they did. But, um, you know, it's an SEC roster from top to bottom. Uh, Lane Kiffin's not, you know, a dummy. He's a good coach. He, there's a reason why he's at Ole Miss. They've got some talent. they got a lot of talent on offense especially. I, want, I mean, our defense might be better than their defense, um, at least our, our too deep, uh, maybe not as much depth. But, I mean, our, I'll put, I would put our defensive lineup against just about anybody in the country. And, um you know, but yeah, I mean, it's, 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 I can't wait to go. I already booked my hotel and, and, uh, can't wait to, to be there and take it all in. And hopefully we're eight and one or better and in the top 25 or top 20 or so. And, uh, when the game comes along, but, um, man, I can't, I can't wait. That, that'd be a fun game. But yeah, I got Ole Miss, um, covering five and a half. And last year we beat our first P5. It was a, Injury, COVID-laden Syracuse team in the ACC. That's not Ole Miss in Oxford. Uh, last year, we beat our first top 25 team. If Ole Miss is top 25, that's a lot different than a Coastal Carolina top 25 who really didn't beat hardly anybody, in my opinion. Uh, so, yeah, you can say we've beat top 25. You can say we've beaten uh, Power 5, but... That's not Ole Miss on the road in SEC country. It's one of the best college football venues in the world. So uh, looking forward to that game. Unfortunately, I think Liberty takes a loss. Uh, If we won, you said you wouldn't be shocked. I think I would be. I think I'd be borderline shocked, borderline uh, disappointed in myself because I know how good we are. I mean, 
but I don't know. I think I'd be shocked if we won that game uh, and it moved us to nine and one or uh, whatever it is, or 10 and O if it moved us to 10 and O or nine and one uh, I'd be shocked leaving that game thinking, wow, we're going to a new year's six bowl. I think man, that if we win that game, it could be the difference in a New Year's Six Bowl or not. You know, no, think I about agree. it. I agree. With think you. about it. Ten, it it's, yeah, I agree. So I would be shocked at that point if we're if we're going into that. If we come out of there ten and zero, I, I would literally be shocked. I think that that is that is un unrealistic expectations, but right, it's right there within the grasp. I don't know how else to say it. It's like it's like a guy that's batting two hundred, stepping up and hitting a game winning grand slam. Yeah, it's it, it can be done. I just don't think the odds aren't in our favor to do that. So anyway, uh, moving on, Louisiana, top 25 team coming to Lynchburg. It'll probably be the first time a top 25 team visits. They actually play Texas week one. Um, so be an interesting matchup there to see if they see how real Louisiana is. But Billy Napier, they've had solid teams. Um, I don't think they're as good as Ole Miss. I, and, and because it's at Liberty, I think Liberty is going to be favored by probably three and a half, maybe four and a half. I think that Liberty wins. Any game where our talent level is similar across the board, too deep, all the way around, every unit is similar in talent, uh, you got to lean on the fact that you, the thing that you said at the very beginning, we have the best quarterback and the best head coach. We win by 10 plus points. Um, I, I just think the only way a team can beat us right now with our with our depth, with our uh, coaching staff, with our quarterback, and even with our just, uh, what's the word I'm looking seasoned uh, veteran, with all the veterans we have, the, the amount of seniors, super seniors we have, only way a team's going to be able to beat us is to have everything working, but also have better talent in terms of size, speed, strength, and, uh, and all of that. So um, I don't think Louisiana has that. And so I think they're going to struggle. I think Liberty wins by 10. Oh, wow. By 10. Um, yeah. The the big thing with this Louisiana game, I think, you know, you put the two teams, like if we were playing Louisiana this weekend on a neutral field, I would be obviously very nervous, very worried and concerned about the game. They're obviously a very good team. Every bit as good as Coastal, if not better. Levi Lewis, you guys probably remember him from a couple of years ago. He is a legit quarterback, dual threat. We had nothing for him two years ago down there in Lafayette. Um, and he's two years more experienced now. Um, it's going to be a tough game. The big thing for us is we get that bye week. The big thing for us is we get that bye week after, um, you know, Ole Miss to, to, you know, rest up, heal up going into this game. So I, I like I like that for us. It comes at a good time. Um, you know, I, I think this game, I mean, Louisiana, if you look at their schedule, they might, you know, other than the Texas game, they could run the table to this point. They don't play coastal this year in the regular season. They might, that might be like a conference championship game, but, um, I mean, they could be eight and one, nine and one, you know, 10 and zero if they can get through Texas, um, when this game comes they are already ranked. So, so they're going to be up there. I wouldn't be surprised if they're a slight favorite you know, two or three points. Um, but I do have Liberty winning, um, you know, by less than 10. And uh, it, But it should be a great game. I'm really looking forward to it. It might be one of the 
best games, most anticipated games. Um, the only one that I think can rival it would be that Syracuse opener, um, Hugh Freeze's first game uh, at Liberty. But um, I'm looking forward to it. But I, I, w- I would put the line at Louisiana favored by about two and a half and Liberty uh, outright wins by less than 10. Um, last game, Army, they bring Jeff Monken, the head coach. They bring the triple option. Uh, they bring some good talent. We're constantly seeing them on the recruiting trail, or we were for a little while there. Um, what is what is your take on it? I got uh, Liberty's probably going to be hit favored by six and a half points, uh, maybe a little bit more, maybe seven and a half, uh, eight and a half. <clears throat> and I actually have Liberty covering that one as well. I, I think that um, Scott Simons is is proven to us, especially at lower level talent. Um, we haven't seen it at the level Army's going to run it, but he's proven that he's got what it takes uh, schematically to stop the triple option. Um, I forget which team, maybe it was the bowl game against Georgia Southern, where we kind of really shut them down. Treshawn Clark had an amazing game. He's back on the roster. So the triple option doesn't scare me. What scares me here is coming off of the Louisiana game um, one week later at Williams Stadium. Um, you know, our fan base and this is kind of true across country, but I'm not sure how consistent we can be um, in packing out and really making a big deal about games uh, week in and week out. And like you said, that Louisiana game is going to be one of the most anticipated home games in the history of Williams Stadium. By the time we get there, it'll likely be the biggest game in Williams Stadium to be followed seven days later, six days later by um, Army. Uh, on the 27th, right around Thanksgiving, um, how many people are going to be traveling? Will the will the students be out of town for Thanksgiving? Most likely. Um, so, as a team, I'm not worried about it. Um, as a fan base, I am worried about it. And uh, but I still think Liberty covers. And John, before you get your prediction here, well, go ahead and get your prediction, and then we've got one more thing to sum up the whole season. But wait a second. So you've got Liberty going 10 and 2. Yeah, I know, see, I, I, what, what happened? Because I, I, I know you've been out here saying Liberty. <laughs> we've talked about the nine as the over-under from Vegas for Liberty, and you've been all in on the yeah, under. Yeah, yeah. Give me your thoughts on Army, and then I, that's what I need to explain here. Okay, okay. Um, no, I, I agree with most of what you said there on, on Army. Um, it's going to be a tough, tough task, no doubt, especially coming off those – Ole Miss games and uh, Louisiana games, a quick turnaround after Louisiana, tough, tough test. That's going to be like we were just talking about and getting ready for an Army team, triple option. That's not fun to go up against. I know Scott Simons will have his work cut out for him, uh, the rest of the staff there as well. But I think we've got our defensive line is so good, like I was saying a minute ago. Um, I, I'm not concerned about us being able to slow down their option attack enough uh, and getting enough stops, just one more stop than, than they get uh, for Malik and, and the rest of the offense to be able to put up enough points. Um, I don't think it'll necessarily be a shootout. I just, you know, you just don't get as many options, many uh, opportunities on offense, many um, um, possessions with, with an option team. So uh, I, th- I think Liberty will, will win this game. I would put the line somewhere between seven and 10. Um, I think Liberty covers, not by a lot. I mean, I, w- I would expect Liberty probably to win somewhere around 10 to 14 points uh, to get the, to 10 and 2 on the season. And obviously, I mean, I think that's a, you know, as good, if not better than last year's 10 and 1 record. 
All right, so let me sum up what I, why I have us taking the under at nine, and I just went game by game. It's because the Syracuse game, the UAB game, um, obviously the Ole Miss game and the Louisiana game, they are all coin flips at best, in my opinion. I know most of you don't agree with the Syracuse, but Syracuse, UAB, Ole Miss, and Louisiana are all coin flips at best, meaning Liberty is probably the underdog in a couple of those. Um, so even though I picked them to win the Syracuse game, I picked them to win the, the uh, UAB game, possibly lose that one. I picked them to win the Louisiana game. Those are all still coin flips, in my opinion, Ole Miss, coin flip at best. Um, so if you flip a coin four times, it's going to land on heads twice and tails twice. I think last year, John, we are coming up. We're just not as hungry as we were last year. And I, I watched the freeze video today where he basically tried to get his guys to flush the 2020 out of their minds. But, man, that's going to be hard to do. And I, what if we lose three of those coin flips? Okay, then you then you have Troy, um, who is on the road. You have North Texas on the road, who obliterated us two seasons ago. They haven't been very good. I agree. And then you also have Army. You have those three. So let's say you lose three of the coin flips. And then, and then you're stuck with Troy, North Texas, and Army. Um, I could easily see Liberty losing one of those games. That's three different teams, unique teams. Troy's very good. Um, Neil Brown had it going down there before he left for WVU, so they've got some talent. Uh, North Texas, the way they play in terms of just trying to outscore people, um, are we going to be able to handle that with the level of talent they have and the coaching staff? And then Army, triple option, Jeff Monken's one of the best in the country, in my opinion. And he, he kind of gets overlooked for P5 jobs because he only runs the triple option. But uh, in terms of success, he has it there. Whew. So, yeah, I'm taking the – I think nine wins is the number. But if I had to choose over or under, I would, I would choose nine. But if you had to make me pick eight or ten as a season as a whole, just knowing how the vibes go and the ebbs and flows of coming off of a – top 25 at Liberty. I'm taking eight wins. So uh, as we go by game by game, I got us 10 and two, or actually I think I had us either 11 and one or 10 and two. Ten, um, you had 10 and two. We both did 10 and two. Yeah. And, and, but then as you look at it as a season as a whole, I'm taking it back to eight and four. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see either one. Here's what, here's what I will say. Either eight wins or 10 wins with this schedule. Um, as long as we are competing in every game, we don't get blown out at Syracuse. We don't get blown out at Ole Miss. I think I would. Uh, I think I would take that as a success. And I know that that's kind of. I don't know, John. We've never been here before. We don't know how to tamper our expectations. We don't know what expectations to set. We don't have any standards. I, I saw the other day where Ohio State basically, if they don't go 12 and 0 uh, and go to the national championship game, then it's fallen below their standards. I'm like, well, what are our standards? You know, is eight wins yeah. below our standards? No, it's not. Eight wins with this schedule would be incredible. And and I know that that does not what people want to hear because it'd be kind of underperforming, cons uh, especially considered against Vegas setting those things. And what you and I just talked about, we both, both just gave them 10 wins. It's a lot, man. I don't know where we stand. But if I had to say I'd take nine wins, um, if we're going game by game, and just looking at them on an individual basis, I got ten wins. But if I had to, if I had to bet, I would take eight wins. I know that's, I know I'm all over the map there, but hopefully, you kind of understand my my thinking there. So, John, 
you can tell we haven't done this in a while. We had a lot to get off our minds, and it's only week one. We'll be doing this uh, every week for college football season and uh, every week that Liberty plays a game. John, final thoughts here on your expectations and just what you're looking forward to this year. I'm just – I can't wait, man. I can't wait to see. I mean, we got Hugh Freeze, Malik Willis, the rest of this team. That that defensive line, I can't wait to see how good and how dominant they are week to week. Um you know, I'm scared for injuries. I hate to even think about it, but um, you know that that's a type of, you know, not to mention anybody name by name, but the, you know, I don't want to jinx anybody. But those, you know, we have players that that are prone to injury, if if that's the right way to phrase it, um, by the way they play. And, and you know, you talk about winning nine, ten games, whatever. Um, you know, you take a key player or two out of a game that's, uh, you know, a North Texas, for example, all of a sudden that could become a game Liberty's not favored to win anymore. So, so I understand where you're coming from with, with the eight possibly. Um, and I, I kind of agree. I know I picked 10 and two. Um, I think nine and three is, is a very good season as well, uh, with this schedule. And, and I would not be, I, I like to think I would not be disappointed. Of course, it depends on how everything unfolds and unravels. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm just, I just can't wait for Saturday us to talk about some actual play on the field and, and uh, hope, hopefully uh, the team plays well Saturday and, and COVID's not much of an issue and uh, we get a big crowd out there at Williams Stadium and uh, hoping to, to pack that place out a few times this season. I will say this. <clears throat> Uh, final prediction here for me is we've sell out Williams Stadium at least once this year. I think it's going to be Louisiana um, before all the students go home. We're going to have such a good team. Um, hopefully, if we come into that one, either I think it was uh, nine and one or ten and zero. Um, I think we'll sell out. So um, looking forward to a sellout, John. As always, man, much appreciated. We'll do it again next week, hopefully. And uh, as always, go Flames. <laughs>